Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this week. Last week with Princess was just so good and so funny. Now I'm like, does Princess need to be my (laughs) co-host? Anyway, hi. This was one of the worst episodes of Teen Mom 2 I've seen in years. It was so bad. I had to rewatch it again before recording this because even though I took notes and I paid attention, I had no memory of what happened in this entire episode. Like, obviously, I can follow along with my notes, but I I don't even know how to really describe it. I just didn't commit a single thing to my brain. It was so boring. The only person who had an interesting team segment was Brianna. And I've been seeing people hate on Brianna, and they're idiots, because at least she's bringing something to the table. Yeah, it was just not... It wasn't good. It wasn't good this week. You would think Kale's graduation and Janelle picking out wedding dresses would be interesting, but it was not. It was not at all. So after I watched it, I was like, okay, well, maybe being V will be interesting, and I can talk a lot about being V. And uh, I watched half of being V. Maybe not half. I watched 20 minutes. I watched 20 minutes of being V, and then I turned it off because it was horrifically boring guys it was so bad it was so what the fuck was that first of all why was v okay i'm not a huge makeup person but i do watch quite a few makeup artist videos and why was v blending in powder with a beauty blender i've never seen a person on youtube do that (laughs) use a brush for powder very weird. That was just a side note. I can't see on V's nervous laughter thing that she does. I'm assuming she does it because she's nervous and isn't sure what to say. And she does that weird little laugh. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I don't care about V being homesick. I don't care about V's makeup artist business. I don't care about them planning their wedding. I, I don't care about any of it. I'm sorry. V is a very good side character. She works perfectly on Team Mom 2 because she's the calm, cool, mellow one to contrast Kale's whatever the fuck Kale is. You know? You guys know what I mean? She, she's good. She's good on Team Mom, but that's it. She's not a main character, and that special was so unnecessary. If they wanted to give us someone in Joe's life, we should have had a Bean Janet, his mother. Or if they were going to play it, they should have done it before being Nathan (laughs) and done being Nate this week because being Nathan was incredible. You guys know what I mean when I say incredible. And being V was just such a letdown. Sorry if you guys just heard that loud noise. I went to open my glasses case. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... 
next week, supposedly being Simon, will be on air, which I believe they filmed a while ago because I remember Simon and Farrah hashtagging a bunch of shit being Simon, and then we never saw it. So I guess it's just going to be Simon doing his real estate stuff and fighting with Farrah, which... I don't know, could be interesting. I've discussed this before. I don't like Simon. I really don't care to watch another semen season of Simon and Farrah fighting. I just, I just don't care. So it could be good. We'll see. Simon and Cortland Rogers, ex-husband of Janelle, got into a weird Twitter fight this week uh, about the Las Vegas shootings. And Simon was defending Donald Trump because Simon is a Trumper, in case you guys didn't know. And then Cortland said something about Simon not being American. And then Simon called him white trash, subject eight, piece of shit, basically. And Cortland called Simon a terrorist. So there was that. (laughs) There were no winners. There were no winners at all in this fight. It was very bizarre. I'm not even sure why Cortland would be responding to Simon Not sure why Simon supports Trump. It was a big mess. So yeah, being Simon could be interesting. I'm willing to give it a shot. I kind of knew being V would be really bad. Wasn't expecting it to be that bad. But I'm hoping Simon can show up and look more like a monster. Because that's really the only interesting thing on these specials, right? Like, I don't care to watch a side character be nice. I already, I see that on the show That's not why I I don't watch reality TV to see people being, like, nice and friendly. No, thank you. I want to see a side character being a monster, like we saw with Nate, which is why being Nate was so incredible is because he was just being a goddamn lunatic. So what did I do this week to compensate for this? You know, I was thinking, what Bean specials were good? And my mind went back to the original Bean special, which was Bean Macy. Now, most of you probably haven't watched Bean Macy since it aired in 2014 or 2013. Can't remember the exact date. But I paid $1.99 for it on Amazon. Here's a bad fact about me. I'm terrible with money and spend so much money on single episodes on things on Amazon that I could find online for free. I just, it streams on my Roku, it looks so nice on my TV, it's just so easy, guys, it's such a bad habit, I'm so bad with money. That's a side note. So, I went back and rewatched Bean Macy, which I have not seen since it was on air. Now, if you guys remember, Bean Macy premiered because Teen Mom, what was just called Teen Mom at the time was off the air. It had gone off there essentially because Amber went to prison, right? And it was extremely controversial. It was a bad look for the show. MTV was not going to continue the show without Amber. It was just done. Teen Mom was done. But Macy was kind of, I'm not going to say America's sweetheart because let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I will say Macy was very much MTV's sweetheart. She had always done well in the ratings, I believe. She was very popular. She was... Early season Macy's, if you guys haven't watched early Teen Mom in a long time, early season Macy is fun to watch in a, she's not too dark, but she still has drama going on in her life way. She always had the Ryan drama, then she had the Kyle King drama, but you knew she was a good mom. Bentley was always so fucking cute. She loved Bentley. She was going to school, even if it took her a million years, she would work if she had to. Macy always 
was more interesting than Chelsea, but still endearing for the audience to watch. So at the time, MTV is like, okay, well, let's film Macy. Supposedly, this is what the rumor's always been online. I don't even know how this would be fact-checked, but I'm going to go with it as truth because that's how I like to operate sometimes. (laughs) Supposedly... MTV decided to give Macy her own series. And what they filmed was boring as shit. The network didn't want it. Maybe not MTV, but the production company behind Teen Mom. I don't work in TV. I don't know how this works. But let's just say the production company behind Teen Mom decided to basically film a pilot, try and get MTV to run with it as a series. MTV wasn't interested. They filmed for a while and had basically nothing. So what they did was this being Macy special. And it was pretty popular, and they ended up doing a Bean special for everyone. I'm going to talk about the Bean Amber special, special, but I think I might do that as its own episode, not conjoined with anything else, and I'll bring somebody on to talk with me about it, because it's, Bean Amber, MTV literally picks her up from prison. It's fucking incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. I have no memories of Bean Farah. Bean Kate was also really interesting. Not really interesting, but semi-interesting, let's say. So, being Macy was taking Macy, but they were acknowledging that she had been on Team Mom. They were acknowledging that she was famous. They didn't quite break the fourth wall. So, we it wasn't like OG, where we acknowledged that the cameras were there and that the producers were there. But they did, they would occasionally talk about filming. Ryan talks about filming openly. And they talk about Macy having a million Twitter followers and that she was on Teen Mom. And they talk about what it's like to be Macy and Ryan from Teen Mom. So this is kind of the initial breaking of the fourth wall. And being Macy did really well, which is why they then did being fair, being Caitlyn, being Amber. And then why eventually they brought back Teen Mom and called it Teen Mom OG. I still don't understand why they called it Teen Mom OG. Why not just call it Teen Mom or I guess... Teen Mom 2 by that point was so popular they didn't want to confuse it. I don't know. I fucking hate the name Teen Mom OG. I'll be honest. I hate it. I think it's stupid. It's corny. It's it's just dumb. But guys, go watch Bean Macy. This was riveting television for all of us Teen Mom super fans. I had completely forgotten about a lot of this. First of all, Bentley's about four, and he's so fucking cute in this. He goes to preschool. He's so cute because he can fully talk. We get a scene where Macy spanks him, which I do remember being quite controversial at the time. But looking back, I can't get into a full spanking debate, guys. I'm not a parent. I have my own thoughts on it. I hope I don't plan on ever spanking a kid, but she just, like, gives him a few pats on the bottom in the bathroom. But Macy is living in this sorority house, essentially. The premise of the show clearly was supposed to be Macy's life post-teen mom, what it's like to be Macy from teen mom, what it's like to make new friends. Her old friends aren't into it because her old friends are away at college. She's living with these two new friends of hers, plus this random guy that, like, pops in and out in a party house. They literally, they call their house the tree house. I think it's because... It was like a a lofted house, like the first floor was just the garage, and then everything else was on the second and third floor. It's a cute little house. Macy's paying for her friends to live there. We get an actual scene of Macy's friend telling her that she can't pay rent and how grateful she is for Macy (laughs) to pay her rent, 
Which is crazy. I feel like we would never see that on Teen Mom these days. They would never openly talk about it like that. So Macy's old friends, uh, Sway and Mimi, who she is still best friends with, as far as I know, hate her new friends, Nikki and, I've already forgotten her name, but I think it's Jen, hate Macy's new friends. They don't know where she came from. Her old friends are very protective of her. Apparently they think these new girls are super sluts. And can and influence Macy. They literally got into a fight with Macy because Macy was wearing a crop top in a picture, which just shows how much fashion has changed because I'm sure all her friends wear crop tops now. It was guys, it was just so interesting to watch this in-between Macy, where she was being a party girl, but she hadn't met Taylor yet. She loved to drink. We see her drink a lot in this. They go out. She's 21 years old. It's the first time they're acknowledging that she had been on Teen Mom and she was like kind of a celebrity. And Ryan, it's shocking, guys. It's shocking. So around this time, Ryan had already been into drugs. It was around then that he did his first outpatient treatment, which I've talked extensively about on uh, this podcast and Ryan's drug addiction and why he would go to outpatient. Go listen to some of my old episodes from when OG was on the air. So Ryan's with his girlfriend, Dallas, who, if you guys don't have have not kept up with Dallas, has changed her entire Facebook claim she has had done she's done no work and that braces made her lips swell. <laughs> she's lost about 40 pounds, which is crazy because she's tiny in this episode. She's a Instagram fitness girl, Instagram motivational speaker. You know the type. Dallas's Instagram is a dark, dark journey, but it's also sad because her mom died. I think her brother died. It, Dallas is a dark journey to walk down. But Ryan and Dallas are together, and Ryan is so coherent. It's... It's... It's honestly and truly, it's upsetting. It's upsetting how much Ryan has changed and how different he is. It's startling, actually, I would say. He is funny. He's self-aware during this. He's His eyes are focused. He's awake. He There's definitely still that bit of Ryan asshole that's always been in there, but he's, I don't know, he doesn't come across as an addict, and it just makes... It just makes it so noticeable how bad off he is, or how bad off he was last season. I don't want to say is, because I have no fucking clue what's going on with Ryan. I'm pretty excited for OG to come back, actually, if only for Ryan and Mackenzie scenes. (laughs) I hope they go full fucking psycho. That's all I can say. So, we get a scene of Ryan trying to fuck Macy. They go to a bar together. He tells her, he's like such a smooth cat. Like, he looks at her, he's like, you look pretty sexy. And she obviously wants it but doesn't want it and turns around and, like, sticks her hand out. And she's like, Ryan, don't even start with that. And he gives her, like, this sly dog smile. I was like, fuck, Ryan has game. He tries to hook up with her. He tries to invite himself back to her house, but she doesn't let it happen. But Macy hates Dallas. And Dallas, poor girl, gets a horrible edit. (laughs) They make her look like a fucking psycho. She goes to go away on vacation or a trip to California. I think maybe that's where her parents, her mom was from. 
And she would, like, call Ryan. He'd be like, I told you I'm fucking filming and I can't talk. And she'd be like, just talk to me, Ryan. What are you doing? Jen, Larry, Macy, Ryan, Ryan's friends, they all talk about how awful Dallas is. <laughs> I actually felt bad for her. But she was young. I think she was, like, 20 or 21 when this was on. I know she was still in college. She was just a young girl. So sad. Macy lives, I already talked about this, but, like, guys, I can't emphasize enough like how weird it is that Macy is living in this situation with Bentley. So she has her two girlfriends living there plus a guy that has an on and off again girlfriend who apparently has been arrested for bar fighting as we find out. (laughs) Also, I'm sorry, this is so, so all over the place, but Dallas at one point says the girls that Macy's living with are mega sluts. (laughs) It's awful. But it's just so crazy that Macy had Bentley in this situation. There's a beer pong table. The house is a fucking mess. It's the next day. You can tell there had been a big party. The The sink is full of dishes. There are beer cans. Pizza's on the table. It is a college party house. And Macy has her son living there, which is crazy. It's crazy. I'm assuming they didn't party that much in the house and. Bentley was there and only when he was at Ryan's but I don't know man this was just such it was such an interesting look I had to watch this to bring me back to life after this last episode of Teen Mom 2 because I'll be honest I was like should I just not record a podcast this week because you know when a bad episode of Teen Mom comes on I'll be honest like I don't want to do this podcast. I just don't. Like, there's nothing to talk about. Nothing interesting happened. And I'm supposed to talk about this for an hour plus. So I watched this Bean Macy special. And it was good. It was good. I highly encourage you guys all to watch it. Macy comes across, honestly, pretty well. I don't think she could have carried a series. I definitely don't think she could have carried a series. But I do think she comes across like a normal, happy, functional, doing her best mom. I would have liked to see more of the friends fighting. I would have liked to see the friend that I'm calling Jen, even though I can't remember if her name is actually Jen, like get into a fist fight with Mimi. I would have really, I would have liked to see that. It just has, like, a certain 2013 flair to it all. Their hair and their outfits. It's good. I I really, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad it brought me back to, like, what I like about Teen Mom. Macy was doing a radio show at the time at her college, which, LOL, I would love to hear some of those. I love the motivational speaker, Macy, which I've, like, never really gotten into on the show. But Macy has always made a pretty large income over over on making like these motivational speeches on teen pregnancy and accidental pregnancy she gets paid to go to colleges speaking of ryan straight up says that she only has (laughs) these people are only her friends because she pays for them to go on vacation (laughs) i don't know it's just it's brutal it's honest the whole thing is pretty honest and that's why i really liked watching it so yeah my pick of the week, my recommendation of the week is that everybody go back and watch Bean Macy. I also recommend that you watch Bean Amber, and I'm definitely going to do an episode on Bean Amber in the in the upcoming future. Okay, so now on to the episode where the biggest mystery of the episode or drama of the episode was 
would Cole show up for Watson's appointment? <laughs> so stupid. I'm going to talk about Janelle first. How could Janelle going to New York to get a wedding dress not be fun? Why was it not fun? Okay, it starts off, Janelle lets us know that she hasn't talked to her mom in over a week and that she is focusing on her wedding. I noticed the dog, Pumpkin, is still there. Did you guys know she paid about $3,000 for that dog? It came from one of those awful bully breeders that doesn't care at all about the health of the dogs and just breeds them to have those big-ass heads and, like, the strong shoulders. I don't think they're called shoulders on dogs, but (laughs) I'm, I'm literally right now pointing to my shoulders and, like, mimicking what I want you guys to understand, but this is not a video podcast, so you can't see. Also, thank God it's not a video podcast because I'm literally wearing a white tank top and no bra and pajamas. So, sitting in my bed. So, yeah, this would not be a very good video podcast. Anyways, Pumpkin the dog is still there. Pumpkin the dog has not been seen on social media in quite a while. People, (laughs) I read one speculation that David poisoned the dog. (sighs) Which is... You know, just how the Teen Mom fandom works. (laughs) But I think he's most likely just at one of David's sister's houses. They didn't want her anymore. Poor Pumpkin. Pumpkin's a girl, even though I'm calling him a boy right now. I'm calling him a boy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Liz. Okay, so Pumpkin is there. I noticed David was wearing, like, a foot brace, but did I miss David breaking his leg? Was it on the show? I don't remember seeing it on social media. At first, I thought it was just work boots, but I I think he had a fucking full boot on his foot. I don't know. But we find out New York is going... We find out Janelle is going to New York to dress shop. And she does say that (laughs) she wants Olive Garden to cater the... The meal? The meal. Olive Garden to cater the wedding. And guys... I'm, like, high-key considering going to Olive Garden tonight by myself and eating Olive Garden because I just really want some soup, salad, and breadsticks. I just really want it. Would that be pathetic of me? Yeah, but I want it. (laughs) You know, she didn't end up going with it, I'm pretty sure, but she should have. Apparently, it's, like, $12 a plate, which is extremely cheap for a wedding, and I think it would have been on brand for Janelle. Her wedding was so fucking tacky. I, I, I can't. I can't wait to see it on the show. We get a scene at Barbara's house, and Barbara's talking to Kristen, and Barb says that she doesn't want to go to the wedding if she isn't wanted there, which I personally don't believe, but sounds healthy for Barbara to say. And she's like, so what, I can sit there and cry all day? And it's like, okay, yeah, Barbara shouldn't be going to that wedding. Correct. (laughs) She thinks that there's no more relationship between her and Janelle and it's just done. And she starts crying and says, like, I understand we just went to court, but she's so mean to me. Hmm. I I got what Barbara's saying here, but at the same time, it just seems so unhealthy. I just don't understand why Barbara can't say I understand she's very hurt and it's going to take time to heal but maybe the two of us can go to therapy and we can work on this maybe we can have a frank discussion about it I don't know the I'm just not sure who Barbara thinks Janelle is 
I'm just not sure sometimes. I'm not sure why she expects Janelle to have rational feelings. I'm not sure why she expects there to be a good relationship after them going to court. I've never really understood. So David, Janelle, and some of her friends go to New York. I put the word friends in quotes because I'm not sure what friends she's talking about. I've never seen these friends. They're not people that I know. And I think you guys know that I know all of Janelle's friends. <laughs> you guys know that, right? That I know Janelle's friends. Janelle hired a makeup artist so she could see how her dress looks with makeup. A.K.A. she is selling the stories to OK Magazine or whatever. Not the stories, but the pictures of her trying on bunny dresses to Radar Online or Wet Paint Online or whatever fucking website. I don't know why they couldn't just include that in the show, but... Janelle lets us know that she works from home so she can spend a lot of time working on the wedding. She has up to three different invitation templates. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so silly. Janelle acting like she has time because she works from home and not because her job is to be a reality TV star is comical. But, you know... Janelle also lets us know that not a single person in her family is invited, okay, but that she has 120 people on her list and David has 80. First of all, like 40 people came to her wedding, which is fine. That's great. Who the fuck? Who? Who could be on Janelle's list that's 120 people long? Can you guys, can you guys riddle me that, please? Who do you guys think? Please tweet at me, Bentley. My Twitter name is at B-E-N-T underscore L-E-Y or comment on the Facebook group who you think is on Janelle's list of 120 people. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like Janelle would have a solid list of 50 at most. At most. Who is Janelle close to? I've never even seen these girls that are in New York with her. We see her go pick out wedding dresses and, oh, I just skipped over one thing. Janelle says that Barbara is not her mother anymore. She doesn't call her mom. And if she slips up and call her mom, David says, oh, you mean Barbara? And then like quickly says it's an inside joke between them. And I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> here goes David isolating Janelle. Although I think I've definitely talked about the fact that Janelle isolates herself and allows herself to be isolated and doesn't need David helping her along. But it was still kind of, it was, uh, you know, you know what I mean by that noise? It was, it's not great to think of Janelle and David kind of making themselves this unit away from everybody else in their family. Janelle keeps telling us that she's thinking outside of the box to find her wedding dress. And we see her try on some dresses. She goes to one store. She doesn't see anything that she really likes. She goes to the second store and tries on three dresses there. The first one is whatever. Guys, I loved the second dress. And I was so upset that she didn't pick that. I personally did not like Janelle's wedding dress. I didn't think it was necessarily bad. But it was very unflattering on her stomach. I don't think she wore a pair of Spanx under it. Which, Janelle has a great body. But she's had three kids. She has a little bit of a stomach. I've had zero kids and my stomach is about seven times the size of Janelle's. So, please, this is not me hating on Janelle. I think Janelle and I actually carry weight in a very similar way in that our legs will look very thin and our butt looks good, but we get stomachs. Janelle Hunt, 
I just, the dress was not flattering on her. It just wasn't flattering on her, which was a shame because the second dress she tried on was so beautiful. It was puffy, but not like crazy. It just, it flattered her stomach. Her arms looked great because Janelle has really nice arms. Her face looked great. Her neck looked great. That's such a weird thing, but I think the neck in the wedding dress is very important. I don't think a lot of people think about that, but I do from hours and hours watching Say Yes to the Dress. We also get a lecture from Janelle on the different types of lace. (laughs) On traditional versus modern lace, which was... It it was something... who. Who knew Janelle was coming for your favorite designers? Project Runway season 20 or whatever next season is, watch out. (laughs) And that was it. That was it for Janelle's whole episode. Incredibly boring. All right, let's go. Let's go next to Leah. So Leah's in South Carolina visiting an old friend, and she's going to do another one of her motivational speeches. Hmm... She talks with her friend about what went wrong in the first one and lets us know that her passion is making a difference. I just, I don't think Leah has a passion. I, I can see a lot of myself in Leah and I understand what it's like to be passionless and not to have a lot of goals and not know what you want to do because I deeply relate to that and it's hard and You will, like, come up with these things that you tell yourself you're passionate about, but you're not actually passionate about. And I think that's what's going on. She talks about how she went through all this stuff, and maybe she went through it so she can help people. She says she was suicidal at one point. It was actually pretty real, I thought, the conversation she was having with her friend. But I just, I can't get behind this, like, motivational speaker bullshit when I know it's just her way of selling multi-level marketing schemes. Now, if Leah was, if we were following her to speak at treatment centers or we were following her to speak at, I don't know, anywhere, anywhere that wasn't her selling some shit, you know, she's like, well, I'm going to this thing to speak there. And it's like, yeah, that costs $30 a person and then they get pitched to multi-level marketing. I don't know if it's necessarily that this is for LipSense and she's trying to get people to sign up for LipSense or if it's her life coaching multi-level marketing scheme that she's doing now too. It just makes the whole thing seem so fake, you know? Leah did mention that she was rushing into relationships because I was that girl that had daddy issues and that she was just trying to feel loved. And I don't know, it just frustrates me because it's like, great. Leah is making progress. She's recognizing her issues. She's recognizing that she went through a lot. She's saying that she rushed into relationships and that it was probably because she had daddy issues and she had trouble with Allie. But this motivational speaker career path is just, it's insane. Go to beauty school, Leah. You can help people that way. Go make people feel beautiful. We see her getting ready for the speech, and she's talking about how she wants to help women find their inner strength. It's just so cliched. It's so cliched. She wants to help women find their inner strength. It just, it's bullshit, unfortunately. It really is, and there's just something very fake. This should be, okay, Leah is finally, for the fucking first time in three seasons, talking about the fact that she went through hell and had issues and is now doing better. How can this feel as fake as it does? How can this feel as unauthentic as it does? 
Is the word inauthentic or unauthentic? I think it's inauthentic. <laughs> I I just don't get it. I don't get what MTV is doing with this. Why is Leave's Life so boring that we're watching MLM shit? Why is MTV framing it that she's a motivational speaker when she's really selling shit? Why aren't we getting the full scope of what's going on? Just don't like it. So we see Leah do her speech, and she does do a lot better this time because she's like, well, I actually prepared, and after the last one, I just laid in bed for days and thought, I can't do this, but then I prepared. (laughs) Oh, so you're telling me actually doing preparation makes it so you're better at something? Wow. I don't know. Watching Leah is like watching a little kid, and when she has these realizations, it's like, Congrats, you had a realization that a 15-year-old should have. I'm being pretty harsh on Leah today. But I'm just really not in the mood for her bullshit. And when the whole episode is boring and we have to watch her be a boring motivational speaker, I just have a low tolerance for it, I guess. Uh, or Leah gives her speech. She does pretty well. She has everybody come outside so they can write their biggest fear on paper and then burn them. Which is literally something we did in rehab, but okay. (laughs) She talks about Allie's disability being her biggest fear. And she said she was so scared that Allie was going to fall and hurt herself. And I screamed, so make her be in a wheelchair. (sighs) I can, I'm just trying to imagine like paying $30 to go see Aaliyah talk about her MLM And then having to go outside and write down my biggest fear and burn it. What if Leah becomes the next Tony Robbins and gives like 24 hours straight lectures? Isn't that what he does? The Kardashians love to go to them. Wouldn't that be so funny? Why doesn't Leah become a pastor and like become all about God? I think that'd be good for Leah. Can you guys see Leah as a pastor? (laughs) I think she'd be good at it. Her and Nate could open their own church i was gonna say pastoral shop but that's not a thing can you tell that i'm not christian (laughs) leah brings the girls out and they say they're ims which i guess she has them say every day which is like i am beautiful i'm smart i'm a good sister all the girls are too shy it's cute and the speech is over and leah's friend says she did well and leah feels really grateful And you know what, if Leah's doing something that makes herself feel good, like, that's great. I just personally don't want to see her selling shit on MTV. I just don't. I'm I'm not really sure how to, you know, not really sure how to phrase it beyond that. The fact that this feels so fake to me and I I just don't care about it. (laughs) Let's go, I mean, I'm sorry, that's it. We're going to go to Kale now after a five second break. So, Kale's episode should have been good, right? Not Kale's episode. Kale's segments. But it was awful. Kale was graduated from college. I fast-forwarded through a little bit of it. Here's my thing. I hate college graduation. Actually, I hate graduations of all kind. I find them, like, insufferably boring. I have no room for them in my life. And I don't care to see them on TV. So the episode starts out the night before her graduation, and she has a couple of her friends over. Kristen, who's been pretty prominent this year, and two people I've never seen before. And 
she put it's actually really cute she puts the boys to bed and lincoln tells her that she's his best friend which i guess is just lincoln's like go-to compliment and it's cute as shit and i would love for a four-year-old to follow me around and tell me that i'm their best friend i would really enjoy that so apparently joe and javi both said that they wanted to come to kale's graduation but now it's the night before and she hasn't heard shit from either of them We know that Javi said this because we saw him say it on TV, and I would believe Joe said it. And you can tell Kale is feeling, I don't know, down on herself, I guess. I think these moments are really hard for Kale because she doesn't have family. You know, her friend says, well, did you tell any of your family that you're graduating? Kale says, no, I told my cousins, who I don't think she's very close to. And someone says, well, did you tell your mom? Did you reach out to your mom? And she was like, fuck my mom. Why would I reach out to my mom? I'm the daughter. She needs to reach out to me. Mm. I felt sad and frustrated for Kale in these scenes because she's doing that thing where she's, she's like, I don't have feelings. This doesn't bother me. I don't feel anything. Kale, shut the fuck up. Of course you have feelings. Stop. Go to therapy and learn how to deal with this. There's actually... Sorry if this offends anybody, but there's nothing less attractive in a person like not physically attractive but a personality trait that's attractive than someone that actively declares that they have no feelings when you know they do as like a defense mechanism it's not cute it's not endearing it's I just I don't like it go to therapy dude especially if you're kale and you can afford it it seems like the only person that kale is willing to admit that she's upset that they won't be there is chris She's like, you know, it's my baby daddy, but I want him to be there. But also, apparently, she hasn't told him that she wants him to be there because she wants Chris to just assume this. I don't know. I I guess it's hard. Since we don't see any of their relationship and we've never seen any of their relationship, we've never seen Chris on TV, we really have no idea of what Chris is like or what Chris is about. It's hard for me to be like, oh, well, you should just tell him because, I don't know, maybe she spent the last six months, like, begging him to be her boyfriend and he wouldn't be, so now she's, like, done with it. It's, it's hard. I appreciate that Kale's willing to talk about Chris on camera because, as we all know, she was not willing to talk about him on camera for a while. So, personally, I appreciate that she is being open and sharing about Chris and you can tell she's really hurt and that she does want to be with Chris and he clearly does not want to be about her but as an audience I will say it's kind of hard to watch and relate to it because we don't know the dynamics between them at all this reminds me a lot of for those who watch Vanderpump Rules I won't talk about this for too long but Stassi and Patrick and she would like cry about Patrick and how he was amazing and she just wanted to be with him and she loved him so much and how we would all love him and it's like okay but we don't see him on camera when you don't see someone on camera it's very very hard to feel this connection that the character feels and i think that's a big problem with for me right now with watching chris and kale because i'm like kale you're not doing enough you need to be doing more but what do i know we really we don't know anything about their relationship at all i wish chris would come on the show i respect that he won't personally but i i do wish he would come on the show so we can at least get his side so we can know what's going on a little more but yeah chris is not coming to the graduation and kale is upset about it she said she cried for hours that day she is six months pregnant remember (laughs) 
poor Kale. I I know I just said it's like not a cute or attractive uh, personality trait the way that she just like pretends to shut down. But I do feel sad for her in this scene. I feel very sad that she has no family. I understand why she has these friends in and out of the picture because she's just trying to make her own family. You know, she's divorced on her third baby dad. She's not happy. Kale's not a happy woman and it seeps through every inch of her. And I think that's why the fandom, if you will, has really fucking turned on her. They've re- Kale has become second to Janelle, the most hated person on Teen Mom 2. And I would say probably in like the top three of most hated people on Teen Mom in general. She is not well liked anymore. And I really think it's just because the hatred like radiates through her pores and the audience can pick up on it. It's tough to watch. Kale's been really tough to watch. I think what redeems her is the kids. The kids are so cute. And the fact that, you know, she's She's not beating them. She's not an awful mother. She makes very bad choices that will absolutely affect her children without a doubt. But at least she's not an inherently bad mom like someone like Janelle or Amber or even Farah. One last thing. Kale announced this week that baby Lux, his last name is Lowry. Now I'm doubting myself. Is that how you say Kale's last name? Lowry? Yeah, it is. Apparently, they were going to name him Christian, but she decided not to name him Christian. I kind of wish she had named him Christian. And that Chris is essentially not in the picture anymore, and she picked the name herself. I guess they had agreed on Lux earlier, but had not discussed it in a while. And Chris isn't aware of the last, the middle name or the last name. I don't know. It's very hard to tell what's going on with Chris. Because I think Kale gives interviews when she's happy with him and then gives interviews when she's mad at him. So we get, we hear Chris has been here every day helping and then we hear Chris isn't part of the picture. I'm sad to say it, but I think kind of Kale would like him not to be part of the picture because she wants to be a single mom so she can tell people she's a single mom, which is shitty. I don't know. I feel like Kale could be a good person. I think Kale is deep down a good person. I think with therapy, Kale could live a really productive and happy life. I know a lot of people believe that she's incapable of getting that help because of her ego and her narcissism. But personally, I don't think that's the case. I think if she had a good counselor and did some trauma work on herself and somebody could really crack that wall, I think she could do big things. I think it would take a while, but I do think she could get there. I just wonder what it's going to take for her to get to that place where she's even willing to accept help. So it's the morning of the graduation and Kale is being like super grumpy, but she starts to wake up and perk up a little more. She says by January she would like to have a job or be in grad school, which I think is a, a good goal, especially if baby Lux was born at the beginning of August. He'll be about six months. We'll see what happens. I do think Kale going and getting an MBA is a brilliant idea for her. I don't think it's that real, that realistic for her to be working in TV, whatever that means. She did say something interesting, which is she knows she's going to have to start at the bottom of a TV station, which is going to be hard for her because she spent eight years on Teen Mom. I love that she said that out loud because I think that was very realistic. It was very realistic of her. I, I really liked her saying that out loud personally. 
yeah, it's going to suck to go be like an intern somewhere when you've been a TV star for eight years. I, I'm curious as to what kind of career Kale is going to get. I don't really see her getting a career when she's on Teen Mom. I don't think it's really possible for most of the Teen Moms to work in any sort of traditional outlet. Not necessarily because of filming, because we're seeing Brianna working at her job this season. We haven't seen her job at all, but we know that she works at an office and films basically on her off time. I think it's the fact that celebrities can't just go and work at a regular job. It's just not that realistic because people treat them differently. Their lives are a little different. They have to travel. You know, it worked for Brianna this season, but I don't think come next season when Brianna gets a little bump in a paycheck, she'll be working at a traditional job anymore. I mean, imagine, you know, working in a restaurant. People would come and, like, stone her to death at her work. Team moms and reality stars alike have to kind of carve out these niche jobs for them, like Farrah running her own stores, Macy doing the clothing line, you know, the clothing lines, the makeup lines. They seem silly, but I understand why they do that, because the chances of somebody that's on a reality TV show getting hired in a traditional office setting are so low. I cannot imagine my bosses wanting to hire someone that has that's on a reality show and be associated with that. I just... It's just not that realistic. So I'm curious to see what Kale does. I think she should go get her MBA in marketing or something business related. I'm such an idiot. I'm like, get it in business. What What do I know? Speaking of grad school, I have to start looking at grad school and it's terrifying. How the fuck do adults go to grad school? Taking on debt is really scary. <laughs> Anybody else going through this? <laughs> and the months are just flying by and it, ugh, it's so scary, guys. So, graduation's happening inside. It's pouring rain. Kale looks happy. Uh, I fast-forwarded through the commencement speaker. I did. I'm sorry. I just, I don't care. I watched this episode twice, and I fast-forwarded both times. <laughs> Kale does say to a friend that she's wondering if Chris showed up, and it just made me feel frowny-faced, because Kale really likes Chris, and I guess Chris doesn't like Kale. Mmm. <laughs> I'm not really sure why the graduation scene was, like, four commercial break length segments. I'm just not really sure why that happened. I feel like it was unnecessary. They could have really condensed that down and then had, like, a grad... I know Kale had a graduation party, so couldn't the graduation party be the rest of the episode? We see her walk across the stage. It's cute. The boys run up after her. They're really happy. All in all... I'm really proud of Kale for graduating. I understand she has the teen mom money. I understand it's easier for her than a traditional single mom. But the fact is, I think the teen mom money may have made it harder. None of the other girls have gotten degrees for a reason. Because it's fucking easy not to go to school when you're making six figures a year. And I, I am proud of her. Congrats to Kale. By the way, apparently Kale's not going to be at the reunion. Which I can understand. It's filming in LA. She has a newborn that she breastfeeds. She would have to bring the baby with her to L.A. It's a six-hour flight. He's so young. I think the reunion's filming, like, next week. I wouldn't want to go at either. Also, didn't I say two weeks ago I thought it would be the finale coming up? How fucking long is this season? Jesus. It's been going on forever. But, yeah, that was Kale's episode this week. Why do I keep saying episode? Do I always say that? Am I just now realizing it? Kale's segments... 
Congrats on graduating, Kale. I am proud of you. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Have a great week. Let's hope for a more interesting episode from Teen Mom 2 next week. Love you. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.